Welcome to Silly History, I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. Milton was rather displeased. There he sat, staring at his inventory of fresh lithographs. Thanks to a customer complaint, it was 100% obsolete, useless, outdated. Quite literally, a pile of brand spanking new antiques. If you don't know what lithography is, it's a printing process where, traditionally, a stone or metal plate is used to create an etching on which ink is applied and then stamped onto paper, thus creating a printed image. It was widely used for mass-producing all kinds of illustrations and designs. In Milton's case, he was stuck with a stockpile of portraits of a man that no longer resembled him in real life. Could Milton blame the guy? He certainly wanted to. The man in the picture was a politician, previously serving in the United States House of Representatives and presently campaigning for the presidency. Originally, very few citizens had an inkling of what the nominee looked like. Photographers were sent to capture his portrait, and the photographs were then sent to magazine illustrators as reference for preparing lithography plates. They discovered that the aspiring commander-in-chief wasn't the most attractive man to assume the highest office in the land. With the nation's physical eye now fixed upon him, his appearance became the subject of ridicule. The Houston Telegraph described him as the most ungainly mass of legs, arms, and hatchet face ever strung upon a single frame. The Charleston Mercury called him a horrid-looking wretch, sooty and scoundrelly in aspect, a cross between the nutmeg dealer, the horse swapper, and the nightman. While the statesman's features didn't look much better in person, his demeanor was quite the opposite in real life. Some of his colleagues recommended that he update his look, in hopes it would actually complement his warm and inviting temperament. Young Grace Bedell felt the same way. The 11-year-old's father had brought home a poster from the local county fair. Scanning the picture of what looked more like a post-mortem body than a living human being, Grace wasn't a fan of the candidate her father would vote for, and her fellow schoolmates were in hearty agreement. As she sat in her classroom, she listened to them scorn the lifeless complexion of her future president. She worried that voters would be scared away too, and it prompted her to write him a letter of suggestion. In her correspondence, she penned, I have yet got four brothers, and part of them will vote for you anyway, and if you let your whiskers grow, I will try and get the rest of them to vote for you. You would look a great deal better for your face is so thin. All the ladies like whiskers, and they would tease their husbands to vote for you, and then you would be president. The Republican nominee was initially hesitant to follow the advice of a child, but after a short period of doubt, he decided it was worth a shot. When he was due for his haircut, he told his barber to skip the shave, and not long after, the iconic portrait of the man we remember was born. Abraham Lincoln won the 1860 election, and during a train stop on the way to his inauguration, he had the chance to meet Little Grace in person. He shook her hand and proudly showed off his newly grown facial hair. While the new beard was a victory for Honest Abe, it wasn't for Milton. 
Back at his place of business, he burnt the remainder of his inventory. Right then and there, he decided that it wasn't worth continuing in the lithography business. As he searched for another venture with a high profit margin, a friend gifted him an imported board game. He loved playing it, and recognizing its promising popularity in the U.S., he tailored it for the American consumer. Milton released his version not long after Lincoln's inauguration, selling the first several hundred copies in two days, and over 45,000 by the end of the first year. Milton Bradley's career in lithography may have come to a fiery end, but if it hadn't, he would have never formed his namesake company and produce some of the most popular board and tabletop games still played today, including Battleship, Candyland, and Operation. Thanks to the counsel of a little girl, his legacy began with a game that takes players through the ups and downs of this mortal coil. From start to finish, infancy to a happy old age. The game of life. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, silly history story. This show is a Night Owl production.